Hey, I'm Jabari Ture, and on this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show, we're going to talk about The Twilight Saga. So, a quick synopsis of The Twilight Saga is, high school student Bella Swan was always a bit of a misfit. She doesn't expect much to change when she moves from sunny Arizona to rainy Washington State. Then she meets Edward Cullen, played by Robert Patterson, a handsome but mysterious teen whose eyes seem to peer directly into her soul. Edward is a vampire whose family does not drink blood, and Bella, far from being frightened, enters into a dangerous romance with her immortal soulmate. So, what happened? I mean, they do drink blood. They just don't drink human blood. Yeah, they drink animal blood. They're the, what do they say? They're like the vegans or the vegetarians of the vampire world. But a more important question in regard to the Twilight Saga. Are you team Edward or team Jacob? I'm going to go back to when I was, what, 13 when this came out, uh, 12, 13. And I was team Jacob then. I'm firmly team no one now because I think everyone is toxic and needs to go to therapy. But if I had to choose, I would say team Jacob. What about you? Um, Probably team Jacob, just because I feel that in the long run, he would have been better for Bella. I think that... um. He literally fell in love with her baby, which again, it's called the cops. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, they, try to, they try to leave it open-ended so it doesn't seem like he's in love with the baby. No, it's but like then he has a, a flash forward when they're all on the beach and it's clearly supposed to be like, oh, now they're a couple and Edward and Bella are accepting them. But he knew her since she was like a newborn. It's weird. Yeah. It's no, just, it's, it's, it's not. It's toxic. It's really disgusting. But the reason I said Team Jacob is because I feel that Edward was a bit controlling. I think Jacob. I think they're both controlling. And then Bella's yeah. also not great either yeah someone said that um i was watching another video review of the twilight saga and someone said that bella's the least interesting person in the world that everyone seems to be interested in it's like everyone that she meets is like you're so fascinating it's like she's not fascinating at all it's like they're written to think she's fascinating when she literally has no redeeming traits outside it like she does not exist without edward and that's that's i guess like my biggest problem so i do want to touch a bit on just like the first movie because I feel like the first movie is kind of like what builds out this world into the rest of the movie same thing with the first book that's like the introduction to the characters and the you know everything going forward and I think the problem is every movie after this is supposed to be about like they're so in love or she's so obsessed with him or you know Jacob's so obsessed with her and they can't let her go but you have no foundation of why this is happening like First thing you see, she comes into the classroom. He looks at her with disgust, covering his nose. Literally, I think I would be like, I need to transfer classes. I don't want to be around this weirdo. Like, I can't do it. But they keep going. They become friends. What do you find out? You find out he stalks her. You find out he watches her sleep at night. She finds out he's a vampire. And now they're in love. I'm like, there's, that's not a basis for this epic love story that this movie is trying to sell us. There was really no moment where they ever worked together to build up to their relationship yeah it was kind of just like he saves her she is fascinated by the fact that he's strong and fast she figured out he's a vampire and then goes one thing i know is edward's a vampire the other thing i know is i'm madly in love with him i'm like how and i think that's like the problem is it's like for us to buy into this relationship you have to show moments of why do they even like each other like let alone love each other why do they even like each other you get no like banter or anything between the two it's just good i'm gonna stalk her and be a creep now i'm in love and now we want to be together forever and from there on it's just like toxicity throughout the rest of the movies and it doesn't make any sense yeah so yeah let's let's jump back into the positive aspects of twilight though before we spend the next hour talking about all the negative things because there's a lot we could go on so 
one thing I did like about the movies is the music is always is really good. Um, I think the soundtrack is memorable. The main theme I think is actually really good. Um, I thought it was really well filmed in a way. Like it had some really cool scenic like imagery and um shots. Like there was one shot where they were like on the bodies and she was getting married and he had like the blood coming down. Like it was cheesy, but I thought that it had some good like camera work. There were some good ones like when they were cliff diving, they did a cool technique where they like tracked them to like create a certain um image. And then the first film I thought was conveyed a uh, um mold really well with its color and its um camera angles and it was really blue which I really did like feel like you felt like if you were a vampire this is the kind of city you would want to live in because it was so blue and dreary and uh, it was always overcast and stuff like that so I thought it did those things well and I also thought that the world outside of the Edward Bella relationship was pretty interesting like the history of the werewolves and the vampires and why they had their beef and the Volturi and why they existed to try to, you know, keep, they, they make sense for them to exist because if vampires got discovered, they'd probably be hunted. So the Volturi's like, yo, we got to stay a secret. And I thought all that stuff was interesting. The only unfortunate part is that the movie found the least two interesting characters in the whole world to follow. But I, I thought that what kept me interested was this whole backstory and the world surrounding everything more so than the two protagonist characters. Because like scenes where it was like, where they were off camera and it's like, um, Jacob talking to his tribe or his, um, pack. That was more interesting. Or when it's, um, Edward's family talking about the Volturi, that's interesting. It just became less interesting when Bella came on the screen to talk about literally, literally all she would talk about is Edward. And it's like, all this stuff is happening around you. You could talk about some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think with everything you said, I think like the first movie with the blue did set a mood. I think it kind of lost that in the, uh, later movies. But I can see like, okay, this is why the vampires would move to this town. It's really overcast and they can't be in the sunlight and all of those things. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, the world around it was a lot more interesting than the central characters. Like you could build a story around like any other character. It would probably be more interesting. You could build a story around what Rosalie, the one who wants to not be a vampire, but she is a vampire and she got murdered by like, the guy she was going to marry because he ended up being like a real creep. Um, you can make a movie about that little one flashback scene they had, or you can make a movie about like the one female werewolf. You can make, I don't know, like all these things surrounding the characters, the main characters are interesting. You can make a movie about the Volturi and how they came about. Like, it's just like everything else is more interesting than Belle and Edward. And I think that's because they're, again, their relationship is so, so shallow. It's just about, is that about like they never again they never explain to you why she likes Edward it's just that she likes him and then all of a sudden she's obsessed so I think like if you focus shift focus because I again the author of the books built an interesting world around them but pick the two least interesting people to, to focus, focus on, on and be the and be the main character the avatars yes. that we see the world through which makes it less interesting it's kind of like the opposite of the effect that um J.K. Rowling does where she talks too much about her world it's like, oh, you need to stop talking now. Like, you're going to ruin um, people's um perception and fantasies of what, like, sometimes, like, with a world like this, you have to create some things in your head in order for it to work. What, um, what's the other of this book name again? Stephanie Myers. Stephanie Myers, right? What she does is that she doesn't go enough into everything else. So you kind of just have to, like, create your own fanfic in your head. While J.K. Rowling will say too much. And it's like, well, don't, don't say all that because then you're ruining the, some of the fanfic that people have in their head. 
and then she ruins her own um her own lore when she speaks too much about it. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, there was like a Jamaican student who transferred to Hogwarts in like yeah, exactly. the seventh year, and oh, we never that? met. No, that's oh. just what she does on Twitter. <laughs> though. Like, like, she really say, yeah, though. like just adding like random facts. Cause like, okay, like you really know you Dumbledore's half Jamaican right? when he first came there. It's just like no one's gonna what? what it's like play? you didn't make the world in your well. What people said was like it's not diverse enough. So now you go back and retroactively try and make it diverse, and it's like just let the world be you wrote the books the way you intended you know leave it be but with her i think with um stephanie meyer yeah she created this world it's kind of like she has some details but it's not enough where it's like so strictly like set in it and then when she does revisit the books it's still revisiting it back to edward and bella because she wrote that what midnight sun from edward's perspective so you're still not deviating really away from from the two characters the two that main she characters loves. that, that she, she loves and you know i think it is also i feel like bella's supposed to be like very much like uh you can project yourself onto bella kind of things so like if you're a teenage girl reading it yeah it's like she, she doesn't have too much personality she, yeah so she's so bland it, that yeah. you're like well i could be bella this yeah. is like yeah. that she's boring so I just feel like that's part of it as well. She's um, kind of a um, Mary Sue, if you think about it in that way, where everything good happens to her. It's like you have zero personality, but everyone likes you. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like someone like, I guess people live vicariously through her, where it's like you could be a little bit more like reserved and chill. But in this world, reserved, chill people are the ones that everyone finds fascinating. And it's like, okay, I kind of project myself onto Bella. So if you're reading it through a different lens, we're talking about the book more than a movie now, but... If you're um, experiencing it, yeah, if you're experiencing it through that lens, I could understand why people would find that appealing because you could be Bella, basically. Yeah, and it's very much kind of like, it gives me like what they, there was a lot of, I guess, in like the early like 2000s to like the mid 2010s where it was like that not like other girls kind of stereotype where it's like, they like to go shopping and I want to go to bookstores or they like to do this and I like to do this. It's just like, I feel like that's supposed to be so that like, everyday girls can relate but i'm like okay if everyday girls are like this then that means you're not not like other girls you're just like you know maybe you're not the same but that's like we're not a monolith women aren't a monolith so but it feeds very much i think into those kind of stereotypes too which maybe that's why edward i don't know i just i'm trying to figure out why they fell in love with each other and it gives me nothing movies and books it gives me nothing like yeah no there's really no catalyst to their relationship other than physical attraction and toxicity. And tox yeah, toxicity and her finding appeal. Yeah, I can't even say that she liked him because he was a vampire because there's really no... I, it's, it's it's just like... Yeah. And then it's like, why did she... You know, and it's weird because it's just like she wanted to become a vampire because she wanted to stop aging. But she's so... I mean, I guess when you're a teenager, you know, every year seems like infinity lot, to you. Yeah. So I'm like, she's so young. Like, I would not want to be 17 forever. If I had to pick an age to be forever, it would be like somewhere in the 20s. I wouldn't want to yeah, be like a teenager yeah. forever. Have to go back to She didn't want to be too much older than Edward and have that thing. Yeah, but because she was like, um, she wanted to do her graduation first because she didn't want to spend eternity going back to high school or something like that. Uh, they, I mean, I, you don't like, literally you don't have you to. Don't have to. Yeah, That's a choice really you're don't making. Like, yeah. you Which can, is why I find it weird why Edward and them continue to go back to high school. Like, why are y'all doing that? It makes no sense. And then none of these people look like teenagers, so that doesn't yeah. help at all either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess there's in the books, I think they're supposed to look more like teenagers. So I guess it would be weird if they weren't in school kind of thing. And I think it's like supposed to be the younger they start in a place, the longer yeah. they can stay. So if you have a bunch of, but then you can just have, make them go to college. I think that's even more interesting than 
repeating high school over and over and over again. But, yeah, you know. I agree. So with that being said, which film was your favorite, though? <laughs> it's like picking the least spoiled thing in like a, a spoiled bowl of fruit or something like that. I don't know. Um, I mean, probably the first one. I, I don't know. I feel like they got worse and worse as it went on. Yeah, so, as it went on, right? Yeah, it would have to be the first one. I know what my least favorite one was. New Moon? Yeah. Yeah, New Moon was terrible. But my favorite one was probably Eclipse, I think. Is that the one where, um, I guess they all kind of, when you watch them like we did, just back to back to back to back to back to back, they kind of bleed together. So I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to separate different um story beats and stuff like that from these films. But the Eclipse is the one where the new breed, yeah, that was my favorite one. Because you had a lot more of, like, the Edward Jacob beef. And it felt like it was actually moving, unlike some of the other ones where I would say it's, like, people talking about the Volturi coming to get her. But then they never come until the very last movie. But this movie felt like it kind of had its own story separate from the Breaking Dawn Part 2, New Moon and Twilight, in a way. Like, it felt like the the um, the plot and what the final outcome was was going to happen regardless of everything else that was established. Which was the newborn vampires because of, um, what's that woman named Victoria being mad that she, Victoria had a long standing beef with her. Yeah, because she killed her boo thing and she wanted to get revenge on Bella for all that time. Even though Bella didn't kill him, it, it was, was, it was, Edward. it was kind of like a revenge thing. So it's like, I'll kill oh, yeah, your, yeah, she to, yeah, all yeah right. caused you the pain you caused me kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's what made Eclipse my favorite because it kind of was like, I think the high point of, I mean, it's still not a good movie, but it's as good as these movies get, in my opinion, because it has the high point of a lot of, like, it's the high point of the Edward Jacob beef, the high point of the Bella-Edward relationship, the high point of the Jacob-Bella relationship, the high point of, um, the, I think it has the best battle in the movie where they're all fighting the new breeds and stuff like that. Then you also have the wolves and the um vampires coming together to protect. So I think that was overall the best one. But... On a less positive note, Bella, that was also Bella's worst <laughs> showing, most yeah. toxic movie as well. I think it's also Edwards and Jacob. Like, everyone in that movie was yeah. incredibly toxic. Because first you have Jacob kissing her when she doesn't want him to kiss her. Then you have Bella going back and forth between them constantly. Then you have Edward literally messing up her engine so she cannot go somewhere. Yeah, That's that like was creepy. Toxic behavior. That's abusive. Like, yeah. it's just... All of them, yeah. Not good for them. Any of them. Wait, it was the part where um, they were in the tent. And then Jacob goes to do something. And they're talking about, I think it was getting married. And then Jacob comes and is like, y'all getting married? And Bella's like, oh my God, you knew he was listening. And um, Jacob then runs off and Bella's mad at Edward because he let them know that they're getting married. Then she runs to Jacob and kisses him. And I'm like, wait, what? Are you mad at him because you can't play the field now? I think... Like, I think there's more so. I mean, I think she was wrong for kissing him, but I also think Edward was wrong for Let letting Jacob only no, only only reason I'm saying he was wrong is because imagine like you say, I want to tell my friend something, right? And this person goes out of their way to go against your wishes because they're like, Well, I don't like this person. And I get it's like a love triangle, so it's supposed to be like, I'm trying to let him know. But also, let's say like this friend is about to go fight someone and you know his head's gonna be all messed up if he goes into the fight knowing this information. He did that more so because it was like I get a one up again on Jacob. 
And it's just like, Bella already agreed to marry you. Like, this, see, this is a problem. They're not securing their relationship, which Bella gives him well, reason She not gives to him a lot of reasons like, not yeah, to be yeah, securing yeah. a relationship. Um, so I just feel like, again, they just need to break up. He needs to go find another vampire lady. She needs to go back to Arizona with her mom. Jacob needs to just chill on, on the reservation, and they all just need to be apart because I feel like none of them are good for the other. You know what I mean? And I feel like they all kind of, like, try to make decisions for the other person, which is, like, messed up. I don't know. I just, the whole thing, like, even in the second movie where it was, like, she's being reckless, reckless. just to see his face. Oh, yes. yeah. So we're, we're uh, the next question was me, like, what was your least favorite movie? But we know each other's least favorite movie. Yeah. So we could talk about New Moon a little bit and why that was kind of the downtrend in this already pretty down franchise. But yeah, with New Moon, I would say that um, it was the least active of the movies because it was all about Bella mourning Edward leaving and literally having zero incentive in her life outside of him. So not only was the movie like poorly written and not that good, it was also a theme that I thought was like literally the most toxic theme you could tell to a teenage girl who was the audience is like, oh yeah, if your boyfriend leaves, just do everything you can to get glimpses of him. Like, it wasn't even really Edward. She just wanted to see his, like... Her figment. Yeah, like his Jedi mind trick figment version of himself. Well, it's not even like he was Jedi mind tricking her. She was doing that to herself. Because he's not really there. She's projecting him yeah. to make herself see him. Like, he's chilling, living his life, you know, until he finds out she's dead. And then he commits suicide. Who does that? Like, that's not healthy. If you're going to, like, literally kill yourself because the person you love that yeah. you broke up with is dead that's y'all need to rethink this relationship like you need yeah. to separate but it's presented as a rom. i think that's what bothers me more so than anything because i feel like then teenage girls are like oh that's so romantic and then you grow up in your relationships and it's like this is more toxic than romantic but you've been taught that this is romantic and not toxic so then I don't know. And it's like when people, you've never seen the show You, but when people watch You and they're they like. They think it's romantic. And they stuff think it's, I even think it's, the, and I think it's partially because the, like the main guy is like conventionally attractive. So then it's like, he's literally murdering people in the show. Spoiler alert, it's been out for like three years. So whatever. Um, he's literally murdering people in the show, but somehow people are like, but that's kind of romantic. I guess like, it's not romantic. It's just bad. Yeah, it's they just, toxic. Yeah. I don't understand. No, yeah. I think um, we could go do a whole episode about movies and just entertainment culture in general and glorifying toxic relationships because there is a lot of it yeah and particularly in this series this is the most recent one that we watched there was a lot of toxicity like as the word of the day is toxicity because this whole series was toxic but one thing like i said positives i do like like i feel like there were some more interesting relationships in the movie like i thought bella and her father had a pretty interesting dynamic where he's like trying his best to be a good father and, you know, teach his teenage daughter and stuff like that. But he hasn't had her around for a while, so he doesn't know exactly what to do with her, with her and stuff like that. So that part where um, in New Moon, he... Was it New Moon or Eclipse? I don't remember, but there's a part where he she had to, like, pretend to leave him to keep him safe. That was the very first one. Oh, that was the first one. That yeah. was a good scene to me because I felt bad for him. I'm like, oh, he's trying... You can tell that he's been trying his best in the movie. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I can't do this anymore. I got to go back. I'm leaving, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, oh, I, that hurt so much to do that. I'm like, yeah, I couldn't understand why that hurt. And 
that was a more interesting relationship. Or um, what's his name? Um, the father of the Cullens. Carlisle. Carlisle and his kids. I thought they had a pretty interesting dynamic. I'm like, it's still kind of weird that he's like cosplaying as their father, but I thought that his, like, I guess, leadership role with these vampires who are a bit younger than him and trying to teach them how not to be, um, eat meat and st- eat people and stuff like that I think was interesting. Like, I wanted to see more of that. Yeah, I think in a way, he is a father figure to them, though. Because yeah, he either so. turned them or he brought them yeah. into the fold, into the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's like, I don't know, these movies are very interesting because I feel like very often vampire movies like to play on like, ooh, the vampires are so sexy, they drink blood and this and that. Yeah. And this movie is like the opposite of that. They're like all conflicted and they're all kind of like old school. And it's just like an interesting twist not a twist but kind of like a turn from that i guess normal vampire narrative as, yeah because yeah. if you look at other even from like i guess from the beginning but like other i feel like vampires had like a rise in like the mid-2000s again with like a lot of teen stuff so you had like vampire diaries and stuff and vampire diaries also had like a love triangle um but the love triangle in vampire diary was like different than this, this one. one because yeah. again it didn't lean into like Edward Rick must Rick. get they must Rick. get married before they do anything it was like the opposite of that you know what I mean so it's yeah. like interesting how she, she took I don't know like, like vampires and made them like their own thing kind tight of, and kind of yeah. more not what you expect of vampires yeah no, I get what you're saying I think that um that was an interesting choice she made to be like oh these are the vegan vampires and it's not as um like you said it's not as sexy or appealing the fact that they drink blood and like in other um forms of the thing it's like when they drink blood they're gonna drain your life yeah so you're not gonna be able to survive afterwards so the reason why these particular ones don't drink blood is because they want to be a little bit more humane and not just devour devour people or even like edward saying like we have to get married so i can save your soul yeah i mean it's just like bro you better turn into a vampire like i mean i I, she didn't really yeah, he care didn't about that, to. and she she didn't he didn't care she didn't care about that, and he didn't want to, but he was still like we must get married and follow like the rules that were common for the time period that he grew up in. Yeah, which is interesting because usually vampires are supposed to be super old, but then all like the moral. The only thing that's weird stuff. about that is that he spent more time not in that period than he did in, in that, that period. period. Yeah, so you would think he could have changed with the times. Just like if I was um. If I live to be 200 years old, I'm not going to be sticking to the same things I learned when in like 2010. You're going to yeah. change with the time. We like to think you change with the time, but maybe mm-hmm. he's just super conservative and he doesn't want to change. Yeah. But yeah, that was, I mean, it was interesting because Edward did kind of have that um old school vibe to him. Like you kind of felt like he was a person out of time. Yeah. And he wanted to stick to the things that were in his time. Yeah. And I think like in other things with vampires i think like the further removed from their time become i think they're supposed to be like the less i'm using hand quotes here moral they are and i think it's supposed to be because they're like so used to seeing humans die so then they don't become attached or less not even like less attached to just kind of like yeah like they don't care anymore kind of like how in invincible Mm-hmm. When Omni Man was like, they're kind of like pets to me because I know that I'm going to keep going and going and going and they're yeah, going to eventually so die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's like similar 
with in other um, books or movies with vampires in it, where it's kind of like they become more detached from humanity and they kind of do grow with the times as opposed to this. Unless you see like, have you ever seen what we do in the shadows? Mm-mm. Okay, that's. I mean, it's a comedy, but they definitely like they still dress like how they dressed like when they it, were. Like in a day, yeah. Um, and they're supposed to be like, you like the sixteen hundred or something. So it's actually yeah. really funny. That's kind of how the Voltori was. Voltori yeah. kind of stayed dressed as they used, used to, to dress back in yeah. the day. Um, but even in what we do in the shadows, it's like they're still not uptight and religious in yeah. everything. Like Edward's supposed to be. Yeah, Edward um, was definitely pretty Mormonish in his behaviors considering the writer was Mormon she probably I guess put some of those traits into the character into Edward and some of her own personal beliefs into those characters so like you can see a lot of her religious beliefs in the movie in the movies yeah it was pretty I'll say it's a pretty conservative film with a lot of its themes and stuff like that but more so from a fantastical standpoint so if you were the director of this film what would you have done to improve it like, not like particular films, like in the saga. Like, if you could change certain things in the saga. And I don't be like, oh, I would not make Edward the make. Like, what, being what the constraints of the books, and you had to redo it to make the films a little bit more appealing, what would you have changed? No shade to Kristen Stewart, but I think I would have recast mm-hmm. Bella. Um, no shade to Taylor, well, no shade to Taylor Lautner, because he's not Native American. I would have He's not? No. What is he? He's white. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I know. That's bad. Yeah, so I would have recast. They, they black-faced him or something? Well, Native American-faced him. They tanned him or stuff like no, that? No, no, he's already, he's already, um, oh, he's yeah. a pretty tan white guy, but he's still white. Um, So I would have recast him to be an actual Native American actor because, you know, they probably don't get opportunities as often. So you yeah. have this very big, you know, kind of third lead role in your film and you don't cast the actual an actual Native American actor for the role um so i would do that but yeah edward mm, i think robert pattinson was okay he you, he could be your cast too but really it's kristen stewart and uh taylor Lautner that i and think i would recast, recast yeah um i would tell if i had to keep kristen stewart in the movie her to not like take a deep breath before every line she says because it feels like she goes it's like come on girl like really sit and then be like it's just a lot um and i don't know i feel like the books i feel like and i don't know how much control the author had over the screenplay she probably had a bunch i'm sure she probably like uh, negotiated a contract where she Mm -hmm. She had some say so but i would find a way just in the first movie because again i feel like the first movie really sets the groundwork for the next four is I would um, rewrite that script or have the screenwriter rewrite that script just to flush out again that relationship more so that going into the next movies you understand why Why? Bella's acting this way why Edward's acting this way give Bella a little bit more personality and I think that's where I'm saying like a different actress maybe could find like I don't know little quirks and things to give her more personality because what you call it is kind of always like that. Yeah. Kristen Stewart. It's like she's always kind of awkward and yeah, whisper talking and stuff and like that. And I think Bella's like supposed to be awkward, but it's like make her awkward, but like still give it a reason that people want to be around. Like everyone gravitates towards her. Like I can understand why the humans, because like, oh, new girl in school want to be her friend. 
But after that, why do they maintain that friendship? Yeah, when it's she's like a week after. It's like, all right, like you're There's yeah. a point where she made a line. Someone was like, aren't you too pale to be from Arizona? She's like, oh, that's probably why they kicked me out. And everyone's like, oh, you're so funny. I'm like, that wasn't funny yeah. at all. And the delivery <laughs> was bad. But people found it so funny. And I'm like, this, this I get what you're saying about recasting her. Her delivery and stuff like that is just, I think, a little bit too dry. Like, yeah. You got to find someone who is a little bit more personable. And brings it down to the dry, not someone who's dry. And it keeps and it, it makes dry. it more dry. Yeah. yeah. And I also think another thing is um, fire your makeup artist. All the vampires. This look, I had a concealer on one shade too light. One yeah, shade too light foundation. You can see it cracking on the yeah, guy's chin. I'm I was like, like, fire them. We need someone new. Cause, and I guess like there's, you're trying to emphasize how pale they are, but there has to be a better way than putting a foundation that's like two shades too light on each of them just yeah. too much um another thing is i would have fought back on what stephanie myers and try to cast more diverse, diverse. people in the cullen's family because mm-hmm. like why do they all have to be white, white? you only have one black guy with the locks in the whole movie basically yeah pretty much and like you telling me that all this time carlisle didn't find no black people that he was like feeling a little bad for he was yeah. just like nah y'all could die or any uh, Asian people or any, like, anyone of any other race. It was just like, nope, yeah. y'all good. So I would do that. Um, yeah, because Carlisle was alive for a long time. Yeah, right. There were like, some you, times where he could have. You got a Confederate soldier, which you could yeah. get. Uh, all right, cool. He definitely could have <laughs> used some vampire, black vampires at specific Sometimes. times in history. Yeah. Um, and I know that's another thing. But, I mean, that's, that was Stephanie Myers who made him a Confederate soldier. I'm like, that that was a choice. Um, what else? Oh. CGI baby, no go. Yeah, CGI baby. That was go. terrible. I'm like, at first they had the um, animatronic baby. Ooh, you saw was, that one? I'm just like having. I mean, I get they're supposed to. Yeah, I saw that one. I get yeah, there that she's supposed to grow up really quickly. Just use like a newborn, like a real mm-hmm. or however old the youngest baby can be on film sets. Use one of uh, like a young baby. Get a baby with similar features for like the middle age, and then that growing up montage was fine. Yeah, just do that, but do not CGI. A, a baby. baby. It looks yeah. so weird. And it's like touching the face. You could tell it's not like real. It's yeah. just odd. Um, so yeah, those are the changes I would make as a director. Yeah. Okay. Um, I definitely agree with most of the changes. Um, I'm going to add on to some of them. It's tough to kind of change it without trying to change up the whole story. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part. So I'm trying to like, because you know you have the script and you can't be like, oh, I want to change this. I want to make um, Jacob the main character now or I want to make the fault, like, you have to try to stick to the constraints of the yeah, script that is there. you said, how would I change the book? That would be different. Yeah, that's the whole, just directing yeah. the movie. That would... the, the change the book, there's a lot to change in the book. But with the movie, um, I think I'd keep the, the kind of some, the more cool blue colors of the first film mm-hmm. throughout. throughout the series. Yeah, because I think they kind of went away with from that. Um, I'd cut down on a lot of the romance scenes, I guess. Like, when they were in Brazil. Was it Brazil? I think it was Brazil. When they were in Brazil, it's like... Y'all barely built up any relationship to this point. Why try to do it now? Like, I feel like that scene in Brazil could have been in the beginning of the, like, if that was, like, in the first movie where they had a scene where they're, like, actually having fun together. Because in the first Twilight, they had no fun together. Hey, that's that's what I'm saying. That's where I'm, like... Like, I, don't, I have a scene with them going to go-karts or watching a movie, something like that, Something right? where it's just, like, it just, it feels like their relationship. And I think I, I actually watched some, a YouTuber um speak about this. I can't remember which one it was. Um... But they were like, there's no humor in Twilight. And that's the yeah, problem. Is that the same it's video we so watch. Yeah, so dry. Yeah, yeah, that 
you they have no fun like they go yeah. everywhere it just feels awkward i'm like is, is it always this awkward between you two but you're supposed to be madly in love like i just don't get it yeah no that's i that's what i'm saying i think um i would have each movie would have been 30 minutes shorter the movies are too long there's no reason they need to be two hours i think the longest two hours and 10 minutes um i would have cut it down by 30 minutes but then i would have added in some scenes like of them just more humor scenes like making it a little bit more lighthearted, make it a little bit less self-serious because this is such a ridiculous concept that it needs to play into its, um, its own, like just how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Like being a little bit self, like self-realizing that this is ridiculous and we need to make fun of ourselves a little bit. So I would have had some scenes where it's just kind of making fun of it. Like, Oh, I'm really falling in love with a vampire. So cliche, like stuff like that, just pointing out the cliches. Um, I think that I would have, I can't say I would have included the Voltori more because it's not, I'm not trying to change the script, but I think in the scenes that they were there, I would have made them a little bit more brutal because I think that they came off a little bit too, I know it's a PG-13 movie, so there's only but so brutal you they could be, but there's no point where I was like, oh, the Voltori is that scary because every encounter they had with the Voltori is like, okay, y'all could go, y'all could go, y'all could. Every time they met the Voltori, the Voltori just kind of like, we're here, we're going to leave, we're here, we're going to leave. Like, I would have made, like, I can't say I would have made them kill one of the Cullens, but I feel like that's what should have happened. Like, one of the Cullens should have died to make them seem a little bit more serious because no one close to Bella or within Bella's circle died. She didn't experience any loss in the film. It's like she got everything she wanted at the end. She got to keep her family. She got to keep Jacob around because of that creepy imprint. Yeah. She got to keep Edward and be a vampire. It's just like, Literally, she's like a Mary Sue. Everything she wants in her life, she got. I guess her mom, she doesn't know who cares about her mom. I'm like, that's who raised raised her, you know, for most of her life. life. And I think even the books is supposed to be more of a dynamic where it's like her mom's a little flighty. So Bella was kind of like raising herself, which is why she's supposed to be more mature. Um, And I just, I don't know. Yeah, I felt like she literally just got like everything she wanted and i kind of wished again like that battle scene yeah at the and then it's just like why is everyone putting their life on the line, on for, line her? for bella right and like okay the cullens did it because of edward whatever i feel like that whole werewolf fact would not have been cool with this confused me is because there's no there's zero incentive for the werewolves to want to protect bella i think like the, outside of jacob there was no reason for them to want to protect and her. I think the excuse they try to use was like, they don't want more vampires on their land or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's just like, get this girl gone. Like, get her out of yeah. here. She should not be around. So she's just causing trouble for everyone. Like, I just, it's, yeah. I don't know. She wasn't a compelling character. Enough character. And again, that's where the problem is. It's just like the world around them was much more interesting than the main character. And I feel like movies. Or a lot of things tend to do that, where it's just like you want someone bland enough that, again, I think so people can project onto the character. Onto the character. Um, I think there's a way you could do that. Like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I think there's a way you could kind of come up with a character who's bland, who could be like the every character, mm-hmm. the every but still make them com- com- compelling enough to carry a scene. I know it's, and again, I'm going back to the Vampire Diaries, um, but it's the same way with like the main character of the Vampire Diaries, Alina. I'm yeah. like, why is everyone around her willing to die for her? It mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Like, everyone else, their life goes to hell, and their, but their life, the main character's life gets better. And then everyone's just like, 
well, they deserve. I'm like, why? Give me yeah. a reason why. Like, I, that's why I think you need an interesting character. I know it's supposed to, again, it's supposed to be like every man so you can protect yourself onto them. Mm-hmm. But you need an interesting character in some aspects so you can at least understand why are these people willing to go through these lengths for go you? Go through the lengths to protect them, which is they don't give. Yeah. I feel like in half these times, I'd be like, I'm just leaving town. I mm-hmm. am not doing this. Like, if I was one of the Cullens, I'd be like, have fun with her. She is more trouble than she's worth. I'm not going to die. My friend's not about to die. Like, we're not all about to die for her. Yeah. I was a werewolf. I'm not like, why am I doing this? It doesn't I'll make like, any right, sense. I'll be like, all right, Sam, I'm questioning your leadership. You're right. really going to bring us to predict this girl. I'm going to the elders and being like, nope. What are you doing? Like, why yeah. are we doing this? I just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah. Oh, and then one question I wanted to pose you. Do you think that critics and people hate things that teenage girls like? Um, I see we were watching the same video before we came here. But um, no, I don't think so. I think most things that teenage girls like tends to be a little bit cheesy intentionally. Mm. So I think that people hate them because they play on the more emotional aspects more so than the aspects that we consider good as critics. Like, I would say um, a movie like Mean Girls, it's a movie that is targeted towards teenage girls, but everyone likes it because it's a well-written piece of work. Or, um... Trying to think of another teenage Disney films tend to often target teenage girls sometimes. I feel like pe- Disney films are kind of universal. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like the best ones are universal, while the ones that specifically target only teenage girls, I think are more so what's the word I'm looking for? Just like they play into like a specific genre or a specific type that doesn't appeal to everybody. Mm. It's like if you make a movie that targets just Teenage boys like Transformers say, like, it's, I know this is a universal movie, but people hate those movies and they're made to kind of sell toys to boys. And and, I feel like it gets less vitriol than things targeted towards teenage girls. And I'm not saying that things targeted towards teenage girls are necessarily always good, but I do feel like it gets a lot of flack a lot of the times where it's just like, that can't possibly be good or this can't be good. Even like, I guess like, again, like a rom-com versus like a Transformers where it has to be like the best of the best for anyone to even like take it remotely serious. You know what I mean? Um, versus other things where it's like, oh yeah, I'll give it a chance kind of thing. I think that um maybe, I think one thing with teenage girls is that they tend to have like a cult-like, um, they form like a cult-like thing when it comes to things that they like. I feel like boys do that too. Look at some... Some I mean, teenage boys do. in like anime, and if you dare talk bad about, I don't know, Aaron Yeager from those, Attack on Titan, then look, we get on those people. Like the anime heads that like are the weird ones, like the Naruto running ones and stuff like that, or the neckbeards. People get on them. It's not like they get a pass. So they already have their own. Like there's literally people that make like jokes about Comic Con and stuff like that. Like yo, when you go to Comic Con, make sure you put on deodorant. So do you think it's more mainstream? So like to get one teenage girls versus the anime nerds or like if because just say you have like a passing like of twilight you know like you you like it a lot you have your team or whatever say this is back in like what 2008 or whatever um versus a boy who was really into like pokemon or something and it carried around pokemon cards do you think they get the same level of disdain 
one versus versus the other. I think so, because those used to be the kids that were bullied. Like, those were the kids that really got... I mean, remember we're talking from perspective of someone that used to be a teenage boy and someone that used to be a teenage girl, so Mm -hmm. we're going to have our own... Own perspective, yeah. yeah. And I would say that... I mean, it's not like we were ever... I don't think we were ever bullied and stuff like that, but seeing from, like, the, I guess, outside looking in and seeing people that were a little bit more um, traditionally nerdy, like, that would focus their whole life on anime... I saw that they were more so the ones that got flack for it than someone who was a little bit more well-rounded. So I think a girl who's like, a lot of teenage girls were like, oh, I like Twilight, but I also like listening to, say, Nicki Minaj. But then you have the girls that say, oh, I only listen to Twilight, and I'm going to play Evanescence when I go home. And then after I watch nope, play Evanescence. No, I don't play Evanescence, No, man. but I'm saying, you know those people that only, like, focus their interest on that one, one specific thing. style? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm the goth girl. But then it's like, I think those are the girls that more so got flack yeah. in every teenage girl. I guess. I also think, like, and like, this is kind of, like, leaving away from Twilight a little bit. And the only reason I brought this up is because, I again, we saw the same video about yeah. do critics hate teenage, teenage girls. girls? Or do teenage girls get flack for liking things? And I feel like that's another thing where, like, the whole not like other girls phenomenon starts to come yeah. in. is because you don't want to like things that are considered traditionally girly because that's when you're, like, getting flack for liking those things when it's just like that's fine if you do and that's fine if you don't if you want to go see i don't know iron man i think they came out in the same year versus twilight that's fine if you want to see twilight versus iron man that's fine if you want to see both that's cool too but are you gonna get more credit for liking something you know like that versus twilight i think it comes down to just being well-rounded like i I think it's cool to like what you like but i don't think you should make your whole yeah persona based on the thing that you like 100 percent it's like, um, like I, like I told you, since I have like a lot of friends who grew up like anime and stuff like that, they'll be like, oh, people didn't like people that liked anime. And I'm like, people didn't care if you liked anime, they just didn't like you because you were growling at people running like Naruto. Yeah. Like, that's what people you did, did not, not like. like. Mm-hmm. And you made yourself a target. I mean, you shouldn't bully people regardless, but you kind of made yourself stand out a little bit by doing that stuff. So I think that, um, from my perspective, if you like something, you can like it. But when it becomes like... Everything about you is that one specific thing. That's when it becomes a little bit of a problem. And I know that's, um, like you said, Bella, she was kind of like, not to every girl. Like you said, oh, I'd rather go read a book than go to a party. Or I'd rather go, um. I'd rather wear sneakers than wear heels. I'd yeah, stuff do that. like that. It's kind of like them downing the other girls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not special just because you'd rather do this other stuff. Like this, these other girls are fine too. Like, you could be a, multi, a multi-layered person and like different things. Yeah, and it's like you couldn't, uh, case in point, I like to do both. You could like shopping and like to go to the bookstore. Yeah, you exactly. Can, you know, not wear heels, not wear, like, that's fine. That's you if you, genuinely, that's, you know, what it is. But just don't downplay the other side of it, which yeah. I feel like a lot of, and I think I also, again, I think that the whole not like other girl thing is, supposed to be for like the every girl which that means you're like other girls yeah exactly um it's kind of like the whole i don't get along with girls i only get along with guys and it's like i feel like at, in that case the problem is you yeah and not every other yeah. girl in the yeah. world um but i do agree that um i think that got people tend not to like the things that teenage girls like but i think that's because they're specifically written to target teenage girls it's like twilight is a book slash movie that was made with 15-year-olds in mind. So it's like, if a 30-year-old man watches it, it's probably not going to appeal to him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, say a show like Naruto, 
it's kind of written for a 15 year old boy to like, but I think some of the themes are a little bit more wide appealing, but then you do have anime. Remember anime is like, well, sometimes when we talk about anime, we talk about specific shows, but it's such a wide range of things. Yeah. That they do have shows that target just the 15 year old girl or the 30 year old man. So there'll be shows that like appeal to 15 year old girls. Like I can't think of any off the top of my head, say like clan ad mm-hmm. that might not appeal to a grown man. Yeah. So I think that, um, things that teenage boys likes, but you also got to remember a lot of critics is really male centric too. That's true. So they'll be able to relate more to what the What's boys like. Than the girls. But on the flip side, if we're talking about what, like if there was more, um, woman critics, they might be a little bit more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think cause even looking at, um, something like the new gossip girl or something, which isn't, it's not, you know, the best show. It's fine. I've watched the first uh, three episodes. It's so like the critics don't like it. And I'm like, who is, who's critiquing it though? Is it like the targeted audience? Is the targeted audience receiving it better, better than, but I also think that's just like a critic thing in general. Cause if you go a lot of times on like Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score versus like the audience score would be very different. So you have something like, again, Transformers or something. Transformers will have like a 20% from the critics and then the audience are like 99% yeah, best exactly. movie ever. Yeah. Bumblebee fighting, I don't know, Megatron. Yeah, so no. great. And it's like, it's just a very different um, vibe, I guess, between the two um, for general audience. And yeah, I think like something like you mentioned, there can be universal things. So like Mean Girls is pretty well received. Yeah, that's universal. Universally universe. versus something kind of like... fun at the whole tropes. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still playing into so, them where you like them if you're mm-hmm. like around that age. Yeah, or I don't know how critics receive Princess Diaries. I feel like a lot of people like maybe... Yeah, I like Princess Diaries. Okay. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, so like those things are received differently versus like a Twilight, and again... But Twilight's very specific, because I'm trying to think of another, like, teenage girl um, franchise that had the same level of, like, fangirlism as Twilight. Like, that was a I huge I think that movement. was a huge, yeah. That was, like, one of the... Like, I'm trying to think... I was thinking Harry Potter, but... No, not even. Harry Potter's universal. Harry Potter's, like, yeah, for... Like, that Harry Potter was just for kids. Yeah. And then people, the kids who grew up into teenagers while the movies were still coming out. Um, Twilight was definitely geared towards teenage girls and you had some weird, without, sorry, not weird. You had some 40 year old moms and stuff who were yeah. super into it as well in a way that, you know, it's for teenagers. So whatever. Um, but yeah, so I think, yeah, Twilight was like a huge phenomenon when it yeah. came out. Like we had the team Edwards and the team Jacobs and the, this and the arguments and it's just like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there has been a phenomenon. Maybe um, Titanic. That was big with teenage girls. I know he was young at the time. I, I, was, I don't think I was born when Titanic came out. But that was a movie I think that like a lot of teenage girls really liked, but it's still well received because it was a Romeo and Juliet kind of romance, which is what they often put. Like most teenage girl TV shows, movies, blah, 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 are just Romeo and Juliet with different skins. Yeah, that's true. Or I mean, I feel like that's like a lot of stories are other stories yeah, with a different skin. yeah like clueless is literally a i believe jane austen story i think it's based off of emma just in a retelling so i feel like a lot of stories are you know romeo and juliet or love triangle like they're tropes that reappear over yeah, and over and over and over again, again. Because I feel like we're building Edward even really Romeo and Juliet. Like, her dad kind of didn't like the relationship a little bit. Uh-huh. But that was it. Like, it was, I feel like their past was. It's the tragic lovers who aren't supposed to be together, though. Not, at the end but of the day. I feel like they're not, not supposed to be together. 
I don't know. I think more like tragic is like when there are forces trying to keep them apart. There was really no force trying to keep them apart. The Voltori set them and just said, okay, make her a vampire. Yeah, but it was more so about like him being a monster and her being a regular girl. Like they weren't supposed to be together. I, but and, her... see, and, and maybe that's, I, I mean, I think it's supposed to be like that was supposed to be a difficulty in their relationship. But again, I think maybe that's where the fact that the relationship wasn't built out enough comes in for me. Because I never felt like it was like, when I think of Romeo and Juliet, I think of like obstacles trying to keep them apart. I feel like in this movie, there were really no obstacles. Like there were people, they were fighting and it wasn't to keep them apart though, it was to keep her alive. I think that's where it goes back to be, it being poorly written though. Yeah. Like, I think it was trying to do like the Romeo and Juliet thing, like the tragic lovers who weren't supposed to be together, but fate puts them together. I feel like more, a more Romeo and Juliet-esque version of that than would be like if one of the werewolves fell in love with one of the vampires and not Edward with her daughter, but like, you know, fell in love with one of the vampires and then they were trying to be kept apart because it's a werewolf and a yeah, vampire. Yeah, the vampire. That would be more Romeo and Juliet to me. But that's the that's what I'm saying. There's more compelling stories in this world than what Stephanie Myers focused on. I understand what Stephanie Myers was going for, but I think a more seasoned writer and someone with a little bit more skill would have made a story that was focused on a more interesting duo and dynamic. So like you said, if it was like, um, say Leia and Edward, remember the um, woman werewolf? If it was like her and Edward trying to figure out their romance, that would have been more interesting because then you would have had like, oh, we're supposed to be eternal enemies and we're not supposed to be together because you ate my great grandfather or something like that. That would have been more interesting, but hence and therefore if we got Bella instead, it's like, there's a lot more interesting stories in this world, but I think that's what it comes down to is that interesting world, boring characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why it, like, lended itself to, like, a lot of fan fiction and stuff, which is yeah. how you got, like, Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff, because people were able to project whatever they wanted onto this world, because, again, yeah. I think she built out an interesting enough world where you can picture whatever you want in your head and then write it out versus what she actually wrote, again, focusing on the two least interesting characters but i kind of want to do like an episode just looking at mary sue's and yeah um, oh that's a lot like, that's a big list <laughs> manic pixie dream girls and all of those yeah. things where it's just like a character that you can project everything onto and they can be whatever you want because they're so bland that and i remember i saw um a tiktok and it was talking about so for like black people where it's like they write a lot of characters like this that they're so bland. It's just like, okay, I can, I'm picturing them as black in my head. And then there'll be a scene where it'll be like her pale skin and blue eyes and blonde hair. And it's like, oh, well, I, I can't do that no yet. more. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's what it tends to be. And I feel like a lot of the times they're just like, you know, plain brunette girls. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know, that's like the worst thing, I guess, is being brunette. I don't get it. But it's supposed to be like very bland. So therefore she's just like, yeah, plain. Yeah, well, the every remember playing in the every girl in most people's eyes is white, which goes back to another conversation about they said that um, people tend to see anime characters as white, but in Japan they see them as Japanese because to them the every person is Japanese, but since we see the every person as white living in America, we see them as white. So I think that um, by default a lot of authors were like, think you see their characters already as white, so they they're gonna make them every man enough until they point out the fact that they're white. So I was like, you might see them as black, like, 
oh, Jacob was walking down as his pale skin started to burn under the sun. It's like, oh, okay, never mind right, then. Yeah. I guess he was not black as I thought that he was. Yeah, that's what happened because that's what the default is, or it's not what it is, but that's what we tend to think the default is. Yeah. And again, like you said, in this country, so you could picture them one way until you get that description or it would be like a small thing, like, oh, he ran yeah. his fingers through her hair. It's like, well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> And that happened to a black person. So, well, I guess they can if you have like straight hair, but still, it's not what the intention clearly yeah. is of the, um, of the story. And yeah, I think that's like the same way people were able to like for going back to Harry Potter, picture Hermione as like black yeah. until she got cast in the movies, and it's like okay, oh, people thought she was black until the movies. I think people thought she was white, but I think it was yeah. like they the way they described her hair be, and yeah. everything. She could have been whatever until. That's why a lot of people get mad when you cast a character who's kind of indescript as black because people assume them to be white. It's like, no, they're just kind of an every person. But then when people are like, oh, they're supposed to be white in the book. It's like, well, they weren't really described in the book. They were just kind of. I mean, and then also it's just kind of like with the character like Bella or a, ca a character like Edward. Jacob, obviously, he's Native American. Like you have to stay. I mean, well, yeah. they didn't, yeah, 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 they didn't stick to that at all. You're supposed to stick to that. Like he had a clear race. Um but in a lot of things where it's just like, especially now in films where you'll see like maybe a traditionally character that was white before get cast as someone else, people get upset. So it's like, what about, I guess, like Little Mermaid, mm -hmm. the scream that she had to be white. white, although she was in the sea with the singing Jamaican crab. What about Annie said that she had to be white? She was just an orphan. I feel like if it's like a real person or a character where their race is integral to who to they are, yeah. then cast them as the race that they were intended to be. Um, if it's not, then it's like, it's up for grabs. So if you want to have an Asian Snow White or a this or a that, then yeah. why is that such a big issue? And I think that, again, that's like because... You can't make Mulan white because the whole story about Mulan is about... Her background and... Being Chinese, Chinese yeah. and whatnot. But it's like... um Ariel could be black because she's a mermaid and there's no real established mermaid culture. It's like, make her whatever you want. I mean, I feel like if she was, if there were mermaids, they would not be yeah. black or white. They would Probably be some be like weird scale creature, with, yeah, yeah, that we would not want to actually see. Um, Yeah, so I feel like, but I feel like we're so used to that default being whiteness. Yeah. That when it's anything, but we're like, Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, they're black fishing. Oh, they're this, they're that. And it's just like, yeah, no, I mean, black, like I use black fishing wrong, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're doing the opposite of whitewashing. They're blackwashing. That's what I meant to yeah. say. It's just like, no, I don't think that's what it is or what it's yeah. supposed to but be. But no one's acting character. Like you said, no one's acting like, a, like we're not going to have to like for a black Braveheart. Like we know he's Scottish. That's yeah. Scottish <laughs> history. Let him be Scottish. But people are like, if it's a character that's pretty racially ambiguous, it doesn't really matter yeah, what they and are. That's at the why end the Cullens didn't have to be all white. Like, yeah, they described it as pale, but I think that's supposed to be more of a vampire thing. Yeah. Than like a white a thing. A white thing, so. yeah. Because you had that other black vampire who they all have bad makeup, ashy, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> the ashy vampire where he um he was still pale. I mean I'd be mad if I was a vampire and I was like, man, I gotta be ashy for eternity. <laughs> like lotion don't work for me no more. Like all these people look like glistening yeah. pale right, and yeah. ashy, ashy pale. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah. So yeah, um, in conclusion, I'd just like to say that these films, I was just, I can't say that I really enjoyed them. I watched them. I watched them with a lot of disinterest at times, but 
I finished them and I'm proud of myself for finishing them. But yeah, uh, I think that the worlds were interesting. Like I said, the characters need a little bit of work. And you have any final thoughts? Rewatching these movies was a journey. I don't think I liked them when I was younger, but I don't think I liked them for different reasons. Like I always thought it was funny when Edward first saw her and stuff in the classroom and everything. Oh, that was so creepy. Um, but I feel like rewatching them now and just from like adult eyes, I'm like, this this is not great. The high the relationship is not great. What they're highlighting is not great. Um, especially for teenage girls. And I think it's interesting now seeing that they're all on Netflix, how a new generation of teenagers will watch them and seeing how they'll perceive them versus how they were perceived when they initially came out and had all of the fanfare. Um, will I rewatch them again? No, probably not. Did not enjoy them. But it was fun to go back and revisit the movies. So yeah, thanks for listening to this episode of the Brooklyn Film Show. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you can and catch you on the next one.